The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Today, we're talking with Gina Lake, who is a gifted intuitive with a master's degree in counseling psychology and over 25 years experience supporting people in their spiritual growth. She is the author of 14 books about awakening to one's true nature, including From Stress to Stillness, which we're speaking about today. So, Gina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rebecca. Good to be here. So what made you um, want to write about uh, the topic stress of stillness? What does that mean? Well, stress and stillness are, you could say, two different states of consciousness. Everyone knows what the state of stress is like. Um, It's what I would call an egoic state. Um, It's a state of contraction, both physically, emotionally, and a less functional state. And stillness is quite the opposite of that. It's another state of consciousness that people may not be quite as familiar with, but they are familiar with it because stillness isn't just a word that I'm using for presence, um, connection with your true self. Um, and so it's, it's a matter of being in the moment and touching into a deeper part of ourselves that is not the egoic self. And um, the reason I write about stress is because um, I had a spiritual awakening many years ago, and that's really what spiritual awakening is about. It's about discovering these two, that there are these two different states, that there is a state of stillness or presence that it's possible for us to live from instead of the egoic, stressful, um, mind-driven state that most of us live in. So since my awakening, I've been living more in this place of presence and stillness and have become very familiar with it. And I know that it is a functional state. I know that it is far more functional than the state that I used to live in and the state that most people live in. And so what I teach is about how to help people see that, how to help them move from living from that stressful, egoic place to living from a more stress-free, relaxed, in-the-flow, in-the-moment state, which is actually more functional than the, the usual state, which we assume to be functional. So when you say you had an awakening, what did that mean for you? Uh, a, 
Well, a spiritual awakening is defined differently by different people in a sense that word awakening is used rather loosely. For me, it was a permanent shift into presence. And so it's not that I don't also from time to time experience some egoic level of of being, but for the most part, I live in the state of presence or stillness, and it's what the masters and other teachers have talked about as self-realization. Um, I never use the word enlightenment because it's such a big word, and there is a process to deeper and deeper living from this place. So I would use the word enlightenment perhaps for someone who is so deeply, deeply into that state that they really don't have um, the pull at all to the egoic level any longer. But I would say it's quite a process from awakening to full enlightenment when you're really, really free of that egoic pull. Um, Until then, there's still some level of ego that's operating and trying to pull you back into the old state. But ever since my awakening, that has greatly diminished. And so I know it's possible to live in a different state. And this state is important because we are happier, we are more peaceful, we are more loving, we enjoy life. And, And importantly, we are more functional. We are more able to align with our life purpose and what our soul came here to do because I do feel that this deeper level that I'm talking about puts us in touch with a deeper part of ourselves, our, you could say, true self, higher self essence. When we are in stillness or in presence, we are aligned with the truest part of our being that is actually living our life and has always been living our life. But for most people, the egoic mind or the what I call the false self runs them, and it runs them through thoughts in their head, through the thought stream or what we call the egoic mind. Um, I think maybe Eckhart Tolle coined that term. I'm not sure. But it's a very useful term. The egoic mind is the voice in your head, the thought stream that we're all so familiar with. It tells us what to do, when, and how fast. (laughs) And um, many other things. It tells us who we are and what we've done in the past and what we'll do in the future. It pretty much tries to run our lives. But what we know from this more enlightened state is that that is actually that thought stream and listening to that egoic voice is actually the creator of all suffering and it misleads us greatly and it creates a sense of self that is limited and negative. And so true happiness, peace, and where our human evolution is going is to moving out of that egoic state, out of listening to the thought stream as the guide for our life, to listening deeper on deeper levels to the momentum of life intelligence that is actually moving us wordlessly in our life. And that is the enlightened state. The enlightened person is moving in their life moment to moment without thoughts about me. 
and myself and what I did in the past and what I have to do in the future. And so the the way this is all tied into stress is, of course, the, that thought stream, that voice in your head is the creator of stress because it tells us we're not doing it good enough, fast enough. It also creates a tremendously long and impossible-to-do list and demands that we get it done in unrealistic amounts of time. And so do other people's egoic minds. <laughs> and so we have a whole society of egoic minds that are telling everybody to hurry up. You're not doing it good enough. You're never going to succeed. You have to be on top. And it's a dog-eat-dog world. And that so just isn't I, true. <laughs> yeah, let, let's talk about that a little bit. I think that, um, you know, we've all heard the word ego. We're, we're familiar with that. And, I, and that's what you're, you're talking about with the egoic mind, if I understand correctly. Um, and so, I, I mean, I... I think there there are also different levels of this. I mean, we all say, oh, that person's egotistical. But I think in your book, you're talking about something a little bit different. So can you just go into details about how this is affecting us um, to have those kind of thoughts and what, what those would be? Yes. Um, well, let me define ego a little bit. Um, we all, we need an ego in order to, and that's why we've been given an ego, it helps us function as an individual. In other words, if someone calls your name, you know enough to turn around and answer. So it's the ego that allows us to experience ourselves as separate individuals who are functioning in the world of other separate individuals. And so there is a functional aspect to the ego that is necessary, and that doesn't go away with enlightenment. Enlightened people still answer when you call their name, um, at least hopefully <laughs> that's the case. <laughs> some people do get way out there. but um, So there is some level of ego that stays. What I write about and what I teach about as problematic is that the ego gets represented as a voice in your head. The voice in your head that you think is your own thoughts, like... I like this, I want this, I need this, I'm this way, I'm not that way, I believe this. Uh, All of those kinds of thoughts that start with I create a sense of oneself that just isn't the whole picture. It's more of a program self, an idea about oneself that we take to be who we are. And it isn't really who we are. We're so much vaster than that when we take into account the truth, is that we are life itself living this body-mind. And our thoughts don't take that into account. From the level of the ego, what is represented in our thoughts as ego completely disavows any other aspect of self but its own particular definitions of self. You know, I'm this way, I'm that way, I'm a girl, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a this, I'm a that. And so we're much more than that. Excuse me. And if you take yourself as just that, then you're going to, you're, you're going to be unhappy because the other thing that this, thought stream or this egoic mind does 
is it tends to be negative about you, you and other people and life and God, for that matter. It's, it tends to paint a negative, fearful picture about life, about God, about other people. And so, you know, it would be a lot different if these thoughts in our mind were beautiful and peaceful and aligned with the truth of our being. But the fact is, the thoughts that run through our mind are more like, you're never enough, life is never enough, other people are never enough, I'll never have enough, you know, things that cause us to be unhappy. And that's the problem. These, it, we don't have to be unhappy if we can learn to not attend to these thoughts, not believe them, but drop into a deeper place where we know in our truest being that all is well and unfolding as it needs to. That is the truth about life. All is well in this moment when you're fully in the moment. All is well. Life is unfolding beautifully as, as it does. And yes, it has challenges and yes, it has lessons and things that we may not like, but this is life. And our soul has gratefully and gladly taken it on. And when we can drop into that perspective, we can be happy under any circumstance. Okay. So um, I, I think we're going to take a quick break, um, and then we're going to come back and talk about this more. Um, you, you know, I, I, I love this topic, and, and I, I love your book. So um, when we come back, I want to delve into more what those thoughts can look like so that people can start to recognize that in themselves. So today we're talking with Gina Lake. She is the author of From Stress to Stillness, and uh, she also has a master's degree in counseling psychology with over 25 years experience. Um, so we're going to be back shortly. Tune in. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, 
strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Um, Today, we're talking with Gina Lake. She is the author of the book, From Stress to Stillness. So, Gina, before the break, we talked about the egoic mind and, um, of course, what those thoughts mean. And I was wondering if you could give us some examples of what some of those thoughts are, because I I know, you know, there's different levels of that in your book. And there's, you know, somebody who's very egotistical. But I think um, what you're talking about is is some other things um, that can be disrupting us from getting to to that more relaxed state. So can you give us examples of that? Sure. Well, the egoic mind or the thought stream is any thought that is running through your head during your day. So it could be the sky is blue, the, um, I like this, I want this, um, that's a dirty carpeting. It could be anything any of the thoughts, I'm speaking about any of the thoughts that run through a person's mind that seem to be central to who we are, that seem to be coming from ourselves, that seem to be our thoughts that we think and that we might speak to other people. You know, we might say, oh, it's a beautiful fall day, or we might say, I'm going swimming today, or we might say, the, there's a bird in the sky, or um, I hate doing this, or I love doing this, or, oh, I wish I had that. Any, any thought that runs through your mind that is, in a sense, part of what you might say to, your, what you say to yourself or what you say to others is part of this egoic thought stream. All of those thoughts combine to create a sense of me, a sense of yourself. You think of yourself as somebody who likes this, who sees this, who believes this, who has a certain opinion about life, a certain belief about life. You know, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, I, you know, I like this or that. That's how you see yourself as an individual, as a spiritual self. Um, there's much more to you than those opinions. And so uh, this is a kind of a radical teaching. I'm saying that every thought that goes through your mind that circles around this whole sense of I is a thought that comes essentially from the ego. And the radical thing about that is that you actually don't need those thoughts. You actually, if you really study this like I have, um, you really observe your thoughts, 
and you begin to move out of them so that they feel as if they no longer are your thoughts, what happens is you discover that you don't need the thought, I like chocolate ice cream, or I need to do this, or which that's a really radical idea to, to think that you don't really need the thought, I need to do this. Um, it seems like we really need thoughts like that. But in fact, when you're very present in the moment, there is a spontaneous movement towards fulfilling one's responsibilities. And there might be a thought, I need to do this, that accompanies that. But this being that we are naturally moves in life. And everybody can experience what that being is like because that is what's here, breathing the body, looking out of your eyes, living this life. And it can be lived from a place of complete quiet where all of the ideas about I'm this, I'm that, I like this, I'm, I don't like that, are seen for what they were, seen for what they are, which is unnecessary. They are actually unnecessary. Now, I want to make a distinction between the thoughts in the thought stream, this voice in your head. It's that ongoing commentary and the intellect or what I call sometimes the functional mind because we do have an aspect of mind that our being, our deeper being, our spiritual being uses to function in the world. It uses this functional or functional mind or intellect to read a recipe, follow directions, read a book, add up a column of numbers. That's more like a tool that we pick up by choice and use, and then we put it down when we're done with it. That isn't a voice in our head. And so this is an important distinction. We have an aspect of mind that talks at us all day long, the voice in our head. And it seems like sometimes it's our voice, other times it seems like it's someone else's voice. It, and it says, you should do this, and you, you don't know what to do, and you, you know, you're in trouble now. And so it either talks as, uh, talks as our voice or talks as somebody, as if someone is speaking to us. That's very different from this functional mind, which doesn't talk to us. We just read that book or go to that website, use our computer, use our iPad, whatever we're doing. We, our intellect knows how to function in life. So that intellect is what the spiritual being uses, the person who is fully present in the moment, uses that intellect, that God-given intellect that we have to function to um, operate in life, and that doesn't, of course, go away. But um, So I'm making a distinction between the voice in your head and the intellect. The voice in your head, now I say this is a radical teaching, but I'm going to say it, the voice in your head, you don't need it. How do I know that you don't need this thought stream, this ongoing commentary? I know it because I don't need it, and I know it because Many, many people throughout time have discovered this, and that is what the teachings of enlightenment are about. They're the progress of 
human evolution towards enlightenment is that the thought stream becomes less and less prominent and it is seen as it is understood to be unimportant, unnecessary, and it falls into the background eventually. So far in the background that it's like a bad radio station that's that's turned on in the background that you don't even listen to. And that's my experience. So, um, but it, it takes a long time for for people to get this truth because most people aren't ready to see this about their own mind. Um, those who are ready to see this about their own mind, it's quite a dramatic revelation to realize that you aren't the thoughts in your head and you don't need the thoughts in your head. This is just a radical, life-changing realization. But people have to discover this themselves by observing the thoughts in their head, becoming aware of the thoughts in their head and questioning them. Do I need that thought? Is that true? And so that is the work of spiritual growth and evolution, is we begin to learn to separate from this voice in our head and to look at it from a more objective perspective and say, huh, is that true? Is, is, is that really true about me that I believe this? Is that belief true? Is that how I want to live my life? And then you can begin to have a choice. Because, as I said, some of those beliefs, you really don't want to have them in your head. Um, a lot of our beliefs were given to us. We inherited them. They're conditioning. You know, like racist beliefs, for instance. That doesn't do anybody any good to have racist beliefs or prejudices or other conditioning that is limited or negative or unhelpful. But all of us have programming or conditioning in this, that's part of this voice in our head that is simply untrue and not functional. It's not helpful to us, and it causes problems in our relationships. So when we can begin to look at these problematic thoughts that we have and examine them and see that they're not true and see what's going through our mind, then we have some choice about whether we're going to believe that or not. Now, this ability to have some distance from our thoughts is developed through spiritual practices like meditation. And otherwise, if you're not doing a practice like meditation, it can be very difficult to step back from the thought stream and observe it. We have to learn to do that. We have to develop a capacity to do that. And that capacity is developed like any muscle that's that's exercised. We have to exercise that capacity to step back from thought and observe it. And the way we do that is meditation. Essentially, that's what meditation is. It's allowing your thoughts to be there, observing them without getting involved in them. And you practice that over and over again in meditation. And that develops uh, an aspect of our brain. It develops the cerebral cortex in a certain way that allows us to do that more easily and that becomes a way of being that what you be 
become able to observe your thoughts moment to moment to moment after a lengthy practice of meditation, you are in a place where you are always observing your thoughts, or nearly always, and you're not identifying with them. You're not believing them. So that is where we're all trying to go on the spiritual path, is freedom from the thought stream, the voice in our head, which causes so much stress, so much pain, so much conflict in relationships. So, um, you know, you're talking about being aware of these thoughts, and I I know um, that's sometimes hard for people to do as well. Um, And then what do we do when when we have, um, say, something that's very overwhelming for us come up? Because I think that's the hardest thing. I mean, we can all recognize, okay, I'm being judgmental, or, um, you know, this is a thought that is is what you know is in the book or or that kind of thing but i know sometimes we get um either overwhelmed with our our own anxiety or with something that's happened and and how does somebody overcome something that's that big for them yeah that's a good question because sometimes our emotions or anxiety as you as you said get to such a level that we get so pulled under that we really lose that thread of objectivity that could pull us, you know, give us some distance from it all and allow us to see more truly and more realistically. So there are a number of tools that I mention in my book, From Stress to Stillness, that can help you bridge from a more contracted egoic state to this place of stillness and peace. And... Um, I'll just name some of these tools because if you're finding yourself all contracted and anxious or upset, there you can do some things to begin to switch your state of consciousness. Um, one of the most basic things we can do that is spoken about in all uh, spiritual traditions is breathing, taking some deep breaths, Um, And we know from neuroscience that when you change your breath by breathing deeply or even breathing more quickly or holding your breath or um, changing changing your breath in any kind of a way, it will change your state of consciousness. So usually the state of stress is a state of shallow breathing. But if you can consciously make a choice to breathe deeply, you will move yourself, you move your brain out of fight or flight and into a place of calmness. You will deactivate the limbic system and you will activate the prefrontal cortex, which is the rational side of the brain and the intuitive side of the brain. It gives you access to your wisdom to your intelligence. So what happens in the state of stress is that the fight or flight gets activated and we lose our ability to be objective. And we're in the limbic brain, the the hind brain, the the brain that is primitive, that is just uh, irrational. And so... To move from that brain to 
the rational brain, the intellect, the wisdom, just taking some deep breaths will make a difference because it will it will shift you from that fight or flight to a more calm, rational place. So that's one very simple thing we can do. Another thing we can do is affirmations. Just um, say something that has a calming effect, like all is well and unfolding as it needs to, or even something like, I don't need to think about this right now. I'll think about this tomorrow. I love that Scarlett O'Hara said that in uh, uh, Gone with the Wind, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she knew how to calm herself. I will think about yeah. this tomorrow. <laughs> so, um, because the mind will go crazy under stress. You know, if there's a lot going on or something has happened that, some, that you don't want to have happen and you're upset about it, the mind will go crazy. It will go a mile a minute. You have to find a way to slow it down, to calm it down, and to detach from it. So affirmations, breathing, um, prayer is another a bridge. You can just throw out a prayer, say, God, help me <laughs> with this, you know. I need help. I, I need help calming down. I need help seeing the truth about this. Please help me. Okay. And this, um, this ha- has a physiological effect, too. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. Um, we're talking today with Gina Lake. She's the author of the book, From Stress to Stillness, Tools for Inner Peace. And we're just discussing how you can um, help yourself find that inner peace. So please stay tuned. We're going to be back shortly. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. Today we're talking with Gina Lake. She is the author um, of the book From Stress to Stillness. Um, so, Gina, there's uh, in your book you ca- um, you have what you call the stillness channel. What does that mean? Well, I just used that as a metaphor for switching. The, I used channel as a metaphor for switching from one state of consciousness to another. And I think it is a good metaphor because the way we switch from the egoic state of consciousness to stillness is a switching of our attention. We turn the channel. In other words, when we're involved in the egoic state of consciousness, what we're doing is we are focused on the thought stream. We're focused on the, the thoughts that are going through our mind and we're believing them and we're lost in thought, right? We're lost in this virtual reality that's created by our own mind stream. And so turning the channel to the stress, to the stillness channel from what I say the stress channel, which is the, the inner commentary, to stillness would be a changing of your attention. Turn your attention from your inner mental thoughts to the to reality. The way you change the channel to the stillness channel is you come into the present moment, into reality. What is reality? Reality is what is coming in through your senses. What is your body experiencing? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you sensing on all levels? Um, what are you sensing on your, in your five senses? But also, what are you sensing intuitively and on deeper, subtle levels? That is the alternative to being lost in thought. So in a sense, there are, there are two states of consciousness. There is being lost in thought, and there is being present in the moment. And that's what I'm calling the two channels, the stress channel and the stillness channel. So being very present in the moment without all of your thoughts about me, myself, and I, and the past and the future and what I'm going to do and what I have to do, when those thoughts are no longer in the picture, what you're left with is present moment experience or or presence, and what you're left with is a, basically a sensory experience of the here and now because that is essentially what reality is. What, what the being in the moment is is simply 
what am I seeing, what am I sensing, what am I experiencing in my body-mind here and now. And life is much simpler when you're just experiencing what you're experiencing in the moment without all of the thoughts about me, myself, and I in the past and the future, and I have to do this and I have to do that. Those thoughts can be put aside and being very present in the moment and experiencing life just as it is without all those thoughts is peace, happiness, and love naturally flows from this place. Life is beautiful when you learn to live from this place of presence. And it's simply learning to live from a place of the five senses and what you are actually really experiencing here and now, not in some imaginary reality of the past and future, but what is here and now in this moment. And what you discover is that life is beautiful, awesome, wondrous. It is a miracle to be alive. And the being that you are is totally rejoicing in being alive in this moment and experiencing life. That's why happiness and love is what you connect with when you drop out of your mind and into your body and senses. You connect with love, peace, and happiness because what you're connecting with is your true being who is, which is happy, joyful, loving, just naturally. Our true self is the most wonderful, divine self. And we're all here to discover that. But we can't discover it if we believe that we are that small, limited, negative self that our mind tells us we are. We have to drop out of the thought stream into the experience of the present moment, and then it's possible to discover who we really are. And who we really are is a wonderful, wonderful thing. It is an experience of love, experience of wonder, of gratitude for this life. And and we are in touch with an inner wisdom that knows exactly what to do and say in every moment. So it's very, very functional to actually be in touch with reality. So it's a matter of turning your attention away from being lost in thought to just putting your attention on what am I feeling in my body? What is my body sensing? What is it seeing? What is it hearing? What is it experiencing sensorily in the here and now? And And so when we start to do that, um, what changes do we start to see within ourselves? Just when you start to become aware of (laughs) of things, how does that start inside of us? Um, Well, there's just a natural happiness that allows us to be very attentive to what's going on, including other people. We're very attentive. When we're present in the moment, we're going to be very attentive to the people in our life. And that attentiveness is love. You know, when someone is attending to you, when they're really present to you, you feel seen, you feel loved. So it, for one thing, improves all of our relationships. And people feel the love and the peace and the compassion 
and the happiness that you feel yourself. So this gets spread to other people. When they're with you, they drop into that place of relaxation. When you are an accepting, loving person, other people around you relax and, and they, they feel that they can drop into that place they they're not threatened by you. They don't, don't they feel like they can drop all of their pretenses of who they are and they can just drop into a place of relaxation, of peace where it's okay for everything to be the way it is. Uh, it's you- inter- interesting that you're you're bringing in um how other people feel as well. Um I think we don't always realize how our own anxieties and our own stress affects the people around us. Yeah. Yeah, it totally does, doesn't it? And so this is how we create a better world. That's why all this talk about raising consciousness as a as a means for transforming this planet. Why do you think the planet's such a mess? Everyone's believing their egos. The ego wants power, money, security, because it's driven by fear, and it doesn't know peace. It doesn't trust life when, in fact, our, our world could work so much better if we all were able to drop into this place of peace and we would cooperate, we would love, we would share, we would be in touch with our, our deeper wisdom. So this would be a very different world if we lived from this state of consciousness. So how do we get from here to there? One person at a time. One person at a time. When your state of consciousness changes, you affect other people's state of consciousness. That's why I want to teach what I teach, because what could be more important than, than teachings that help people to be more happy, more at peace, and more loving, and more in touch with their inner wisdom? So um, this is what life is all about. It's about how do we learn as human beings to not suffer. How do we learn to be loving? This is this was Jesus' message. This is the message of Christianity, really, at it, at its most stripped down. Is how do we learn to become loving human beings? How do we learn to treat our neighbor as ourselves? To love our neighbor as ourselves. This is the. This is the. This is the difficulty. This is the challenge. It's very challenging because our mind, if we listen to our mind, we're going to be in a fear position and we're going to be in a position of distrust and a position of being out for number one, me, myself, and I. Well, lives don't work that well when we are coming from that place. That's a very primitive fight-or-fight kind of place. What works in society is when we acknowledge, accept, and are compassionate for all points of view and work with others and come together and find solutions together, then we're strong. And so that's the state of consciousness that we're all um, evolving towards, thank heavens. And we will get there (laughs) someday, you know, um, little by little, one person at a time. So that's what waking up is about. We awaken out of the belief that we are who our thoughts tell us we are, and we come into a realization, a deep realization of our true nature, which is of the divine self. 
Okay. And so if anybody's listening and they're wanting to get started on this, what would you recommend be the first thing that they do? Well, I, since I'm a writer and I've written so many <laughs> books, perhaps you know a good starting place is to just get a, a good intellectual understanding of what I'm talking about so you can begin to see. Because sometimes people are confused by the terms. And if this, this is new to them, they might need to read some more about what I'm saying. And I'm certainly not the only person <laughs> saying this. This is perennial wisdom. You can read, you know, this, this is in many places of, in Buddhism and other non-dual teachings, Advaita Vedanta. I mean, what I'm saying, I didn't make this up. This is, um, what is considered perennial wisdom or ultimate truth. So, um, from my book, From Stress to Stillness, is a great place to start. My website, RadicalHappiness.com, has so many resources. It has audios to listen to. It has um, uh, e-book excerpts. It has a blog and, you know, various things that... Uh, oh, I have seven online courses. And one of those courses is a course that helps people to learn to meditate and do various spiritual practices like gratitude practices and prayer and sending love and other spiritual practices that help you develop your capacity to stay in the moment and be happy and be the divine being that you are. So I created the online courses to be a more practical, um, different kind of a medium than reading a book. You know, it's more of an exercise and um, there's different media like, you know, audios and videos and things like that to get people involved. So I I felt that it isn't enough to read books, um, that people do need to learn to meditate. And so I also have a a means of teaching that on my website. Okay. Um, And uh, what um, results can, I I know we talked about, you know, the change that you see inside, but now that you have reached this awakening point, how is your life different from what it was before when you were on the stress channel? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, uh, it's, there's an ease about life. There is a relaxation. Um, things come to you. Uh, things come to me to do. I, I'm just run by my inner wisdom. I just, I, I just move according according to my inner wisdom, and things work. So um, I don't create a sense of problems because my mind, the mind generates problems that don't even exist. It says, this is a problem. This is terrible. This shouldn't be happening. Um, So my mind isn't generating problems, but also in this place of ease, what's happening is that um, you get so in alignment with your own inner guidance, and with life, you could say, with a capital L, you're so in alignment with life, with the life force, that is moving you and moving all the other yous out there, that there is a certain just ease and things flow and work and things come to you. So there is, um, you could say, a certain abundance or prosperity 
that naturally comes just because life wants to bring you it wants to bring you fulfillment you were all meant here meant we're all meant to fulfill a life purpose when we're aligned with our deepest self we will fulfill that in the most elegant way and so it becomes very easy for us to find our helpers to connect with people who are willing to help us to know who to help and who not to help, what to do and what not to do, what to say and what not to say. There's no conflict. There's no inner conflict. There's no confusion. See, the mind creates all that inner conflict and confusion. Without that, there's just an ease of movement through life. Things work. You don't have problems. Even when you have challenges, you can move through them fairly gracefully without a lot of excess, you know, stress or anxiety or problem generation around that challenge that the mind creates because the mind makes everything more complicated. (laughs) So Gina, I'm just going to interrupt you. Um, We are going to have to end the show. I think we could talk about this for hours, Um, but I just want to remind everybody that your website is RadicalHappiness.com. The book we were talking about today was From Stress to Stillness, Tools for Inner Peace by Gina Lake. So uh, Gina, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a great show. Oh, my pleasure, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so uh, for everybody else thank you so much for tuning in and listening I just want you to make today a great day thanks so much thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks feel alive and thrive please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel we'll talk more next week Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.